Esther chapter 10. King Ahasuerus laid a tribute on the land and on the islands of the sea. Aren't all the acts of his power and of his might, and the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, to which the king advanced him, written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was next to King Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews, and accepted by the multitude of his brothers, seeking the good of his people, and speaking peace to all his descendants. Believe it or not, that's it. <laughs> that was chapter 10. Very quick to read. That I looked it up because I thought, man, that's so short. That's got to be one of the shortest chapters in the Bible, and I'm right. It was the sixth shortest book in the Bible. <laughs> And uh, of the 10 shortest chapters in the Bible, the shortest one is Psalm 117. Um, out of the 10 shortest chapters, eight of them are Psalms, and the other two, one is in Job and one is here. So yeah, it's only, what, six verses? Uh, sorry, it's only three verses, but it's got about 80 words in Hebrew. So yeah, we're done with the book of Esther. Now, um, it says here that King Ahasuerus laid tribute on the islands. You might be thinking, where are those islands? Well, those islands were the Greek islands, except during this whole period of time, the Greeks and the Persians were fighting and the Greeks were slowly conquering the islands, but it was also the island of Cyprus. Then it goes on to say how wonderful Mordecai was. <laughs> and some people think he could not possibly have written the book of Esther because he would never have written that about himself. But I don't think that's necessarily tr a proof that someone didn't write something because people would write things about themselves if they were true. And in, in um, Numbers 11 or 12, Moses wrote about himself that he was the most humble man who had ever lived. The most humble man on the face of the earth, I think it says. So people do sometimes say things about themselves which are true, um, and I think that doesn't necessarily mean Mordecai didn't write it. I still think he's the most likely person to have written the book. That is just my opinion, of course. The book of Esther is wonderful because it's a not only amazing story, but it's a kind of a snapshot picture of our salvation and our deliverance. You've got Jesus, who is represented by Esther. You've got Mordecai, who's represented by the Holy Spirit. You've got Haman, the evil man, who's, who's symbolic of the devil. And you've got the king, who's symbolic of, you know, God our Father. Now, they're not perfect illustrations because they're humans, but in this story we see how, you know, Jesus, he goes in, risks his life. This is Esther. She goes in, risks her life to save her people. And Mordecai, the Holy Spirit, is guiding. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And then the, the evil one is completely humiliated and destroyed, and all the people are freed. And so it's a picture of our salvation. And so I think... You know, Jewish people love the book of Esther and they celebrate it every year. I think it should be a wonderful book for Christians too because it reminds us of what a wonderful God we have. And I think we should celebrate these stories just as much as Jewish people did too. There's two more things I need to say. Number one, there are extra sections to the book of Esther. So in your Bible, if you've got a regular Protestant Bible, like an NIV or whatever, that's the end of the book of Esther here. But there were extra parts of Esther added that were not written at the time, but they were added later. And this is why, um, you know, they're worth considering. When the original scroll of Esther was written, it was all in Hebrew, but the extra bits were added were in Greek. So th they were added at the point in time when we're during the Greek Empire. So the book of Esther is written in the Persian Empire, but not long after that, we're in the Greek Empire. The extra parts are written in Greek. 
And one of the theories is they were written because the book of Esther didn't have the word God in it. it um, the parts that are added contain the spiritual content. So, for example, it contains what Esther prayed, what Mordecai prayed. It contains the spiritual things, but it's clearly a later edition because it's written in another whole entire language. So the Bible translator Jerome, you know, 300 and something years after Jesus, when he wrote the Catholic Bible and put it into Latin, he included these extra parts, but instead of slotting them into their spots through the book of Esther, you know, when Esther prayed, he put in Esther's prayer. No, he get all the, took all those extra bits, he put them at the back as like extra chapters of the book of Esther. So it's kind of got to be read and understood. Well, we're going to get to that in a few years. When we get to the apocryphal books, we will get to the extra chapters of Esther. It might not be the Bible Bible, but um, it's still part of the culture and the history and the context of all these things and still good to think about, and we will. Now, the last thing I have to say is about tomorrow's video. So we've now got to the end of Esther, a great, great book. And um, if you ever have, if there's ever a young lady or a, or a young woman who's just become a Christian and they want to get into Bible reading, and uh, we, you know the Gospels for sure, but in the Old Testament, get them into Ruth and Esther because those are great, great stories to get women, you know, to feel valued and loved and a part of what the Lord is doing. So I have to mention that. Uh, but we're moving on to Job tomorrow. Now Job is another thing entirely, and Esther is the last of all the historical books. Job is the first of the wisdom writings. So we're now changing tack. We've been going through the history of Israel, and we're now going into the wisdom writings. It's another completely different style. And the first of the wisdom writings is, of course, the Book of Job. But the Book of Job's an interesting book because it's very philosophical, very thoughtful. It talks about the, the big topic is suffering. Job, because suffers. We all, we've all heard you know, about the patience of Job. And uh, there's a brother here at Peace called Noel, Noel Patson, a dear man. And Noel really wanted to read the Bible, particularly the book of Job. He wanted to do that for me. So up to here, up to this point, um, apart from a few chapters in 1 Samuel, I have read every chapter of the Bible and commented. But as we go through the book of Job, our brother Noel is going to be the one to read the book, and then I'll come on after him and comment. And I just wanted to mention this um, so that you're ready <laughs> when you see tomorrow's video and I don't appear at first. You don't get a shock, but uh, Noel is a love man, a, a greatly approved brother. We appreciate him deeply. And there are wonderful reasons why him reading the book of Job is going to be good for us and good for him. And we'll talk all about that when we're in the book of Job. So see you tomorrow. The Lord be with you.